Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. This week, we are watching... Titanic. That's right, Titanic is turning 20 years old, and to mark the occasion, we are going to review it live here. Yes, the whole thing, because uh, it's a wee bit of a of a long one, this particular film. Uh, joining us to review the film, we have someone who has already seen the film and someone who has not. Uh, our guest who has not seen the film is Jason Dolly. Welcome back, Jason. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm pretty good. And uh, just a reminder for the folks at home, who are you and what do you do? Um, I'm a... The cosplayer and outreach officer at Murdoch University. And you haven't seen Titanic? I have not. Not for 20 years and never. Never. Well, never, I guess, longer yeah. than 20 years then. But yeah. No, I think it's fair to say that you haven't seen it for the length of time years, it's been out. 20 and then also some more, but, yeah. you know. Um, what What do you know about this film? Um, <laughs> I was saying, um, and in fact, while you were setting up, uh, Rihanna and I went and watched it is just from things like the Futurama episode where mm. they rip off the Titanic and a couple of weeks ago the Rick and Morty episode mm. about the Titanic so it's mostly that stuff so I mean I feel like I know all the plot points mm. to it like how it goes and you know goes up here and then like well I don't know too much about the romance mm-hmm. but I know the old lady telling story um, drops something in the ocean um, and then the love story that goes on mm. Uh, and then obviously it sinks. Mm. Um, and Spoilers. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate to disappoint you, but uh, there's there's a lot less robots and portal guns oh. in, in the actual film. Oh, that so. is just oh. yeah. Uh, but a hundred percent more Billy Zane. So you know, uh, Billy's what swings really? and roundabouts. Yeah, I did. Okay, I did not know Billy Zane was in this. There you go, the Phantom. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so. I'm a little more keen on this. Has it got anybody else who's good? Uh, I won't say anything. Else. You have to wait and see. Uh, I'm going to. That's what I'm going to write down. I'm going to be like, holy crap, blah blah's in it. Yes. Like All right. Viggo Mortensen or someone. Actually, now I think about it, there's a couple of people that you'll be interested in, but we'll get to that oh, okay, uh, cool. later on. Is Join- it Viggo Mortensen? It's not Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, joining us as our guest who has seen the film is Rihanna Hall. Welcome back, Rihanna. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for having me again. And just a reminder for the folks at home, who are you and what do you do? Um, so I think last time I was on, I was working at a beauty salon at, uh, as a beauty therapist, but now I'm actually working at Lush because oh. I got a bit bored of the other job. Okay. Um, and that's just how my life is. And for those of, for those of us who aren't familiar with uh, with Lush, that's a, um, a chain store that sells lots of candles and soaps and that kind of thing? Uh, no candles. No candles. No candles. People think no. we sell candles and cheese. Okay. But we don't sell either. Well, it's, it smells like... <laughs> it's yes. only soap, isn't it? A lot it? of like soaps, bath bombs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like body products and skincare and hair care. And They're actually quite international yeah. too. Yeah. Carmen found one while we were in Paris. 
And yeah, Carmen's absolutely. a mad lush person, oh, so awesome. <laughs> she'll be coming in here and talking once yeah. the microphones are off about lush. Mm. And uh, yes, I, I can say that um, lush, although they don't sponsor the show, their beard oil I actually found quite useful uh, when, when oh, I had good. a beard. Beard oil? Yeah, they they do like they a have beard oil. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's good. There's so I, many products in there that people think we just do like okay. bath bombs hmm. and then that's oh. it. But, um, and candles, yeah. which they don't and do. Candles, no, yeah. they don't do candles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, so, Rihanna, you have seen Titanic. I have, many times, actually. So, you're a fan of this film. I am. Uh, I think the first time I saw it was when I was a kid, and my dad would um, take us kids with him uh, to like work whenever we, like, we were sick or anything. Uh, and I think we went to this woman's house while he like was paving her driveway, and she just kind of said, well, we'll watch this movie. And I thought it was so great. So, so um, how old were you when it came out in 97, if I may ask? No, yeah. Um, well, I was born in 91. So, so you're six. Six. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. you probably weren't seeing it in cinemas. No, no. Oh. Um, but then I think one of my favorite times actually seeing it is when I was a teenager, me and my good friend uh, were trying to find a film that would make me cry. Because apparently back then I didn't have any empathy whatsoever, mm. um, and yeah. Titanic was the one that did it. So even oh, though I'd you seen cry. it before, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, we watched things like The Bodyguard, ah. uh, uh-huh. Ghost. Mm. You know, all like the kind of League sad, of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah those yeah. sorts of things. But they didn't sort of work. Mm. But then for some reason, Titanic just just hit that that little empathy button for me. Oh, <laughs> Maybe because it was like a true-ish mm. story. Okay, well, I'll try and work out during the film which part made you cry the most. Okay, yeah, go do you, for do it. Do you know which bit it is? Um, I'm sure it'll come back to me once mm. yeah. it actually happens. But yeah, Well, you know, we'll make sure we do a tear tally as we go yeah. Um, yeah. to see how it goes. Um, okay, well, uh, without any further ado, uh, shall we watch the film? Let's All do All right, it. cool. We'll, um, we'll age a lot in the meantime. Yes, well, we'll be back tomorrow to, uh, to finish <laughs> off this podcast. But uh, yes, for those of you at home... Uh, Feel free to pause now and uh, make sure that you uh, grab your life jackets and your drawings of French girls as we uh, watch Titanic. It's been 84 years. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to uh, the review of the Titanic. I'm joined again by Rihanna Hall. Hello. And Mr. Jason Dolly. Hello. Um, if we sound slightly different, that's because um, we aren't recording this on the same day that we um, recorded the intro. And that's mm. not because the film took ages, although it is part of the film. Yeah, well, it did take forever. Yeah. Um, we, we actually had a, a small technical issue which uh, basically made it impossible to record our review on the night. So we are meeting five days later. Uh, so we've had plenty of time to uh, think about Titanic, to ponder on this film. Um, and I, I suppose, Jason, you, you were watching this for the first time. Um, this many days later, um, mm. how, how does Titanic sit with you? Uh, um, it hasn't changed my life. I can definitely attest to that fact mm-hmm. um but overall going back to what my memory was especially straight after watching it and um hopefully that's how I've, well some other people have watched it here as well mm-hmm. um it was good it was a lot better than i was expecting if i'm honest mm. i think i think james cameron actually has a bit of a reputation for being a bit less good than people think he is yeah um, and I would say that's true in a few of his films, um, but this probably isn't one of them. This is probably one of the reasons it's like, there's a reason it is the 
second highest grossing film in the box office of all time. It clearly ticks a few uh, boxes for, for audiences. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it's a good film. And it was a lot more modern than I thought it would be for 1997. Mm. Just thinking about other films that would have come out at that time. Mm. Um, it Yeah, it, it's more modern in terms of some points of its storytelling and a lot of its special effects. Um, but still very 90s in almost in the same breath in some of those effects and some of those ways. I guess what happened was it's the dying. It's also kind of the end of what was the 90s kind of films as well. Hmm. And it became, you know, from there on, everything's a bit more what you would call like a modern film, everything from about 2000 onwards. And it's kind of a lot of it's affected by, I think, what Titanic did in a bit of a way. Yeah. And Rihanna, of course, uh, you, you came to this as a fan of the film. I do have to ask, how many times since have you watched the film? I haven't watched it once since. Wow. So, yeah. In the okay. last five days. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, it since then. Okay. Uh, but I had previously seen it quite a few times, so mm. um, I'd, I've got a, a pretty good memory on the whole film. Mm. And um, did it hold up on this particular viewing? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Titanic. I can watch it you know, again and again, probably not, you know, five, five days apart, <laughs> but <laughs> whenever I do watch it, it, you know, it brings up those feelings of like nostalgia. Um, and it's just a really nice kind of, um, like a little nice, like love story in between, but also, you know, being a little bit true to the tragedy mm. of it. Mm. And, um, can I just say, uh, coming into this today, I actually only took three notes last time. Okay. <laughs> can, I, can I read those to you? You certainly may. They're quite brief. Uh, first was old lady false. Don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, band playing was real, and then my favourite Monet on the ship. Probs not. Rose got ripped off. <laughs> so mm. well, yeah. Like... I mean, it, unless it was like a, a, <laughs> there is a lost Monet work yeah. that people knew was on the ship. Uh, yeah, she almost certainly got ripped off there. So <laughs> fantastic. Was it Monet or Picasso she had? There was uh, that. Uh, it was the Monet. Yeah, because um, they they the discuss one with the lily pads. Yeah, okay. they, they, they discuss Picasso, don't they? Mm, um, yeah, there's, they there's talk of Picasso. Maybe yeah. I was writing something down. I look up and Billy Zane was going on yeah. about yeah, because I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Jack um, talks with Rose about you know Monet's um, yeah. brushwork, uh, mm. the, the way the way he he does his paintings and i think at the time they were looking at that monet which is probably a fake it's a really good famous if it's a famous monet monet if it's a famous moo moo yes i think it's um yeah yeah it probably isn't true but maybe they could save it i mean they saved the picture of um Kate Winslet. That's true. By, um, spraying it with some water. And <laughs> yeah, maybe. Then Kate Winslet got to see her boobs all over television at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Old, old Kate Winslet. Indeed. Uh, so, yes, going going back to um, the start of the film, of course, it begins yes. with the recovery ships uh, examining the vessel. And this is actual footage of the, the Titanic on the seafloor, or at least the front half of it on the seafloor. Mm. Um, and uh, James Cameron... Big, big fan of um, deep sea diving. Deep sea diving. <laughs> um, obviously, arranged um, to to go down there and shoot mm. with special cameras that could shoot at the the uh, immense pressure that there is down there. I um, double checked a fact that I was talking to you guys about during that, and the name of the ship, the little ship that kind of shoots off oh, and goes yeah. around, is Duncan, mm -hmm. right. um, which is uh, the name of the original little tiny transportable ship that actually found it. Oh yeah, um, I'm quite proud of. It's called Jason. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, and the ship that it used to come out of was called Argo. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, which is part of it. And oh. they had a secondary backup one that it didn't actually sit out of. It kind of sat on top of. Mm. Um, this is going really back into your Greek history is mm. Medea as mm. well. So Okay, and it makes sense with Jason coming from Argo and presuming mm. Argonaut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> and um, this one was just called Duncan. I think maybe they were like, oh, we don't want to, you know, maybe there's a copyright issue with the actual name Jason for yeah. a submersible <laughs> robot. So yeah. it was, it was called Duncan. Yeah. yeah, Maybe it was just a joke on the fact that it was Duncan in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it was actually spelled, you actually saw it on the site. Yeah. It was Duncan as in Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. So, so D-U-N-K-I-N. Um, so yes, we have this recovery ship examining the boat. Uh, they extract a safe, they crack it open, and it's full of valuable, valuable brown sludge, I'm presuming. Um, <laughs> but uh, loads of old wads of, of uh, what used to be money, some documents that they can't really read but crucially no diamond mm. uh, the the people on the boat are uh, looking for this specific diamond <laughs> the the heart of the ocean that apparently louis the 16th war and that brought him good luck and then it was on the titanic and that brought it good luck. so <laughs> it's like a hope diamond yes yeah. it's, it's not very popular indeed yeah. it's, it's not really a great idea but they do uncover as you said jason this drawing of a a young woman uh, which uh, rose uh, sees now rose mm. is a 100 year old woman who is happily uh, just doing some clay molding in in her house, and then on a little TV set, there's this uh, interview with one of the people from the boat saying, "Yeah, well, you know, we haven't found what we're after, but hey, we found this drawing of this topless lady, and uh, you know, that how did that make the news? Well, <laughs> well it's a big <laughs> old discovery. Old found. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's it's it, it's a discovery to do with the Titanic, and mm. it, I mean, the Titanic itself was lost for. Yonks. I mean, it was it was the eighties when it was uh, found again. The and it was kind of big even in the nineties too. Like, yeah, leading up to the film Titanic, I remember being young mm. and like you know hearing things about the Titanic. Mm. Yeah, and so um, and so she she sees this and goes, "Oh, I, I was on the Titanic. That was me." And so <laughs> she she gives them a call. They're like, "Oh, she might know what the Hope Diamond is, or, or the, the heart, the ocean, or whatever Heart of the it is." Ocean, yes, yeah. the, 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 you know, the doomed red herring. She might know where it is. <laughs> yeah. um, and so they fly her out there with a granddaughter, and she starts to tell this story. She sees some of the artifacts and goes, "Oh yes, I remember this." And you know, there's my old mirror. And oh gosh, I don't look quite as good as I used to. <laughs> um, and you know, she's she's quite charming actually the actress who played her is um gloria stewart who yeah. um uh, fun fact was 84 at the time of filming so they actually <laughs> had to put prosthetics on her to make her look oh, older yeah, older. yeah. Okay. so and she said it, w- it wasn't very comfortable no i can't um, imagine it would be but yeah so she she's playing this 100 year old lady who was a uh, 16 uh, year old on the titanic who uh, and then we we go back 84 years Ooh. years 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 <laughs> and we see uh, young rose as played by kate winslet um on board the the hms titanic as it's about to uh, leave uh, southampton uh, it's about to to go on its trek across to new york was she sorry was she went to be 17 in Titanic, sixteen or seventeen, something 16. like that. Yeah. Okay, she didn't look it. Yeah. She, I mean, she looked fantastic, but yeah. she looked like twenty four or twenty five. Well, she probably was at the time. Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> as well. I always used to think as a kid, like looking at shows like Dawson's Creek and and, and this mm. as well, which super popular in the nineties. How they were getting people in their mid twenties, mm. like mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire. You were talking about this, um, yeah. how old he was when he was playing. 17-year-old Spider-Man, he was 24 or 25. Yeah. I used to just think as a kid that maybe Americans stayed in school a little longer and they were like yeah. 24 or 25 yeah. Yeah. being in high school. Mm. 
And so, um, and so, yes, we see uh, the character of Rose, at least, is in her, is in her teen years, and she's on the boat uh, with her mother and with her uh, fiance, uh, played by Billy Zane. Billy Zane, yes, Billy yes. Zane. Oh, I'm still excited about seeing him, <laughs> even though it's been five days and yeah. maybe four years. Yeah, you were you were extremely excited. When you said Billy Zane <laughs> well, they'll be able to hear it. I was excited at the beginning bit of this, mm. going, "Oh my god!" Because you guys let me know yeah. that Billy Zane was in this. Mm. I didn't know that. And he's there, and he's got a fantastic wig. He's got that great, yeah. like. <laughs> Floppish, uh, floppy villain hair. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's he's he, he actually, real, real curtains. That like love heart yeah. kind of. Yeah, like, like um Brennan Fraser and the Mummy. Yeah. That's yeah. always what I think of with that kind of hair. Yeah, and it kind of suits him. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, and he, he's playing um he's playing Cal Hockley, who is just a complete twat. Yeah, just just like and that's there's there's no uh, redemption for him. There's there's no uh, sort of like growth as a character. Mm-mm. throughout this film he's literally just a twat the he's whole jerk, time yeah. and that's yeah that's part of i think a lot of like the 90s dialogue it's like mm. the jerks mm. were jerks and the good guys yeah. were good guys mm. and the jerks don't understand all the good things like monet and freud yeah. and mm. um things like that because the dialogue is hammy especially in that first hour yeah that, that that first section where we're meeting the characters and you know ah this is the the person who built the ship oh hello oh yes i'm pretty sure it won't <laughs> sing it was victor garber <laughs> it was victor garber yes yes um, i did make them my list of um oh my god look it's blah yeah, yeah. so you, um, you had that with bernard hill as the captain bernard hill as the captain king theoden from um lord of the rings mm-hmm. i almost stumbled on that that's okay um i have victor garber i have david warner from yes. tron from what did I last see him in? Penny Dreadful. Mm. And in this, he was Spicer Lovejoy. And he was basically yeah. like... <laughs> Spicer Lovejoy. What a name. He was essentially a thug. Um, he was. <laughs> and it's weird to hear, like, because, you know, David Warner's always the old British yeah. person, scientist, um, whatnot. And then just to see him as a thug, you're like, why haven't you played a thug a bit more often? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly it's... effective. He is. He's a really yeah, he's good like a real thug. old-timey, like, gangster kind yeah, of Yeah, like, like Pinkerton kind of, you yeah. know, put on the brass knuckles and... Yeah. You know, you know, hit away at someone. Got the shiny yeah. gun in his coat. Yeah. He, what was it? His insu- no, is his good luck or his insurance? His insurance. His insurance. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so we introduced these characters, but importantly, we're also introduced to Jack Dawson as played by uh, heartthrob Ooh. Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, I knew he was. I in just it. have to pick myself up off the floor. <laughs> yes. Now I'm presuming, as as a, as a young lady who watched this as mm. a, as a well, as a very uh, young person, um, Leo was. <laughs> Um, did you think he was a bit cute? Was he? I mean, I think because the first time I watched it, I must have been maybe seven. So yeah. I don't think I. I mean, I might have thought he was pretty, but I definitely didn't have swoony, like, swoony, yeah, kind of thoughts. But later on, I think watching it, you know, as like a, a school, like a high school girl, mm. definitely. And knowing Leo in like other films, every time you see him on on screen, you're like, "Hey, hey, boyfriend." Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> how it, are you it, doing? It, and it, it basically, I mean, he he again is. Um, we don't see a huge amount of development with him. He's kind of like a happy-go-lucky guy from from the states. Yeah, um, he's he's very nice. You know, even though yeah. he's basically his only issue is that he's he's poor. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's. We were talking about this um, before. Yeah, it was. He was perfect in a lot of ways. Yeah, he was a bit... You said when we uh, discussed it on the night, he's a bit of a Mary Sue. Yeah, he's a Mary Sue, which for those of you who don't know, Mary Sue comes from, um, I guess, from fan fiction, which is that character that somebody writes, um, which is a representation of themselves into a universe. I think it was originally used in Star Trek. There was a character who 
somebody fanfic wrote called Mary Sue. Yeah. And it was obviously, it was the director, so she was shy. She was all these things, but she was perfect. She could do everything yeah. that everyone did. Yeah. Um, there's well, been talk about it. I, I completely disagree because I like the character, but Ray from Star Wars Force mm. Awakens, she was kind of complained about being a Mary Sue because she's got all these abilities. Mm. But the thing is, she's, and in the defense and calling Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Jack, a Mary Sue is a weird kind of thing because men can kind of get away with that a bit more. Right, With yeah. being that kind of character. Because, hell, if you think about calling Ray a Mary Sue, Luke's a Mary Sue. Yeah. He's able to fly a spaceship and destroy a Death Star, but he'd never been off the planet until 12, 24 hours earlier. But he'd nailed like, plenty of womp rats womp with rats. his T-6. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Ray at least had been hanging around with traders and things mm. like that and scavenging spaceships, yeah. so she understood them. So, I mean, we shouldn't really talk about Star Wars yeah. in the middle of the Titanic thing, but... <laughs> He was in a lot of ways. Like everything was perfect. He was able to get up there, and the scene with Kathy Bates, um, where they're sitting around the table, he's able to hold his own. And mm. the only things that he does wrong are actually more endearing. Like, oh my god, which cutlery do I use? Well, that's it. Like he's got the wit. You know, yeah. he's got the charm. He's got the looks, and he's a talented drawer that can yeah. make women just undress because they want to be drawn. <laughs> mm. um, he's a good poker player, apparently. Yeah, very which good is poker how he player. gets his way onto the ship. Well, indeed, uh, he and uh, his friend, whose name I've completely blanked on, uh, uh, Fabrice. Yes, Fabrizio. Fabrizio. Yes. Fabrizio. Fabrizio. <laughs> that's right, because you were joking. It was Fabrice. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. He, he always smelled nice. Um, that joke saved us in the end. It did. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, uh, he and Fabrizio win this card game against uh, Olaf and Sven. Uh, <laughs> who were and the rest of the cast are frozen. Yes, yeah. and uh, they, they, they ended up not getting on the boat, so Leo gets on, he's like, oh my god, and then they do the, they do the I'm the king, king of, the of the world, world yeah. um, on the front, they, the boat looks like it's going to kill a load of dolphins. <laughs> yeah, it just chases the dolphins. Yeah. And I think the dolphins would kind of swim yeah. a different way, though, rather than being like, no, we well, can get... Well, they're obviously the not going to be killed by them, yeah. but it does look like it's kind of mowing them yeah. down a little bit. Mm. And we, we spend a lot of time um in the first hour <laughs> hour and a half of this film just uh getting to know these characters but also getting to know the titanic the itself ship. the yeah. boat yeah. we see um because it was a pretty painstakingly excellent recreation of mm. um like the, the grand staircase room and and the way the the dining tables were all set out mm. and um it, you know they they put a lot of research into what it looked like to try and get it as close as possible to being the actual experience. And I think, mm. uh, Rihanna, the, the the Titanic itself absolutely shines throughout this film. Oh, massively. Mm. And and as you said, yeah, like with the grand staircase, you know, it's a, such a, a powerful uh, shot because it's this luxury, like beyond wealth kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and then they also kind of go to the lower decks later on where it's not as luxury but that's just good enough for the people for the poor people who haven't seen much before mm. and you know they're having a great time dancing on the tables and you get yeah. like a good feel from it of like how what it might have been like to be on the titanic and celebrating you know non-stop <laughs> <laughs> and even like the crammed little steerage quarters that they had which were like four yeah. people you almost feel a bit rocky walk, like as yeah. the camera is walking down them, you feel like you're kind of in them as well, in like this it, tight it, space. Yeah, and... one thing, especially when you were down in steerage, how mm. like it almost felt like James Cameron might have even put some water on the other side of those just to make you feel yeah. lower. Mm. I, I, I don't know if it was just the way it looked, or probably it was really just the mm. lighting, but yeah. you felt 
like you were in the bottom of a ship. Well, that's in a lot it. Of ways. Yeah. Um, it was it was very effective. Yeah. I think uh, they did a lot of uh, great work with the sound as well. To mm. you know mm. the the differences uh, of the sound of being somewhere that's. Uh, you know, being lapped by water a lot, as opposed to the upper decks, where it's lot, you know, can get your fresh air and, and yeah. walk around and that mm. sort of thing. Violins um, playing in the yes. background. Yes. And so we were introduced to this, and then we, we have this uh, situation where it all gets a bit too much for for young Rose. Uh, you know, she realizes that she's going to be trapped in this pretty loveless marriage if it goes ahead mm. with um, with Cal with Billy Zane, and so she uh, sort of attempts suicide. Yeah, that was. That kind of came out of nowhere, and it yeah. kind of went back to nowhere mm. very quickly. Like he didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, well, we don't know if he did anything. Yeah. We kind of hinted that he hasn't done anything horrible to cause her to want to kill herself. Because mm. mm. when he finally, the first time he flips that table, that is shocking. It's, it's quite shocking, it, yeah. especially to her. So it's kind of obviously never happened before. Yeah, I, I think it's more just a, again, she's a teenager. It might just be that impetuous yeah, thing. Yeah, she's 16. Yeah, so of her going, helping. I'm going to run away. I'm on a boat. Crap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll run to the farthest point of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then some. And so she, she considers throwing herself off the back of the boat. Then uh, luckily Jack is... Cute meat. Yeah, there <laughs> nearby to go, uh, hey, whoa, whoa, don't. You're, you're too beautiful. Don't do that. Yeah. And, yeah. and they form this unlikely friendship and then we, we spend time with them... Uh, getting to know each other um spitting off boats learning yeah, how to spit um not having the greatest dialogue <laughs> as well yeah but yeah it's like a, it's an awkward first meeting like a, of a yeah. couple of young you lovers get to know you um, because because uh, jack uh, quote unquote saved her life yes. um, yeah. he was invited to this fancy dinner like you say he um you know he holds his own reasonably well he scrubs up well molly brown pops him in a suit uh, yes kathy bates kathy bates was really which was another name on the yeah. list oh. I'm always there. If Kathy Bates is in it a movie, did, I'm there. Yeah. It was weird. It did feel like she was a bit of a time traveler. Mm. Yeah. Like she was, she just, it's not just the American accent because, well, actually everybody had American accents, yeah. it, even Kate Winslet, mm. which I thought she was going to have a British accent. So yeah. um, the fact that she kind of popped in there like, hey, how y'all doing? And yeah. like, go on. I mean, I know people would have had that accent, but it suddenly felt like, she was a traveller from like the 1990s. But I think that was actually, because um, I went to the Titanic exhibition uh, mm. when it was here in Perth uh, yes. not too long ago. And I remember reading, I think it, I can't remember if it was Molly Brown, if that was the actual name, but it was definitely her character. Uh, and she was a bit of an outcast. Like she was mm. this really wealthy woman who had kind of come from nothing. Uh, and made so herself. She, yeah, which is herself. why she, yeah. Yeah, so then I think maybe giving her that like, Big, big old brash Texas, you know, um, accent, yeah. making her stand out a bit. Maybe that was a bit of an homage to her. Yeah. Uh, in saying mm. that that was what it was there like. Was, there was actually a scene. I this is one of the few things I'd actually seen in Titanic beforehand. We're talking mm. about like horrible deleted scenes that were glad to have been deleted. Right. And there is actually a scene um, with the Molly Brown character. Just as just uh, as the Titanic's about to hit or going past the window, mm. she's sitting at dinner and she literally turns to someone and goes, "Hey, can I get some ice?" And like you know, it goes oh. behind her. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that is painful. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a good reason that didn't get included. But, yeah. Um, I think she's, yeah, she's she's a good kind of character, but she yeah. feels a little mm. anachronistic. I guess is probably mm. the right word. Just doing a quick bit of research on uh, Molly, Molly Brown. Brown. Yes, uh, she was a. Um, uh, an American socialite and 
uh, philanthropist, uh, is best remembered for surviving the Titanic. Titanic. In fact, yeah. when, when she uh, passed away in the 30s, her obituaries all referred to her as the unsinkable Mrs. Yeah. Brown. Because <laughs> um, wasn't she... I think she was on, like, another... I think because they gave her that name because she was in a, like another, another really minor oh, okay. accident. I hmm. think it could have been like a personal boat, like with yeah. two men on it. <laughs> she might have just fallen out of a kayak, yeah. and the media but was like, "Oh she, my god!" Yeah, like she's unsinkable. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh, then, of course, we see Jack and Rose uh, experience the other side of ship life. They go down into the the steerage yes. and do a dance with some people playing instruments, and everyone's very uh, Gaelic yeah. in yes, that part very, of the world. It looks like yeah. a good time, though. It does. It does. David. <laughs> Warner didn't think so when he pops his head down. No. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he didn't see him joining hands with the big ring of rosy that was happening. <laughs> he, was, he just looked very disdainful. Yeah. Um, and so because of this, uh, Jack is then sort of pushed away from Rose and they're not allowed to, to spend time together. And because of that, they obviously then run off and hook up and have sex in a car. <laughs> in a car, in, yeah. In, 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 is it in more steerage. between... Yeah, it's, it's odd, the film, like not in terms of pacing, but it feels like there was something else in there. Hmm. Like mm. between the, the walk and the, the sadness, the being bent and then running off. But there really isn't. No. Yeah. yeah. And like, uh, I mean, Spice of Lovejoy, uh, David Warner's character. Yeah. Is is pretty reminiscent of um, the Terminator a little bit when he's yes, chasing when them. They, when they're chasing, yeah, he's hunting them down. Yeah, and he's not he's running generally, but it's not like yeah. mad, mad yeah. running. And it's, it's very similar I will to get you, yeah, yeah. To, to Arnie in that first Terminator film, <laughs> obviously also by James Cameron. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite nice. Um, it more reminds me of um, the mm. scene in The Simpsons when Skin is chasing Bart, and yeah. he just walks everywhere, and Bart's running, and yeah. he just walks through the gorge and back up again. And so Jack and Rose, uh, you know, he 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 draws her uh, naked, um, mm-hmm. like many of his French girls. Um, so that does she does he say does she say that line? I think it, it's um. Draw me like I want you to draw me like one, one of, of your, your French, French girls, girls or yeah. something, oh, okay. which is often misquoted. Yeah, I, th- I didn't. I never heard it. Yeah, I, th- bit. I think it's basically been shortened to "draw me like one of your French girls." The yeah. actual sentence is, I think, a little bit longer. It's been five days, people. We yeah. can't. Yeah, quite we really can't really quote it. it. Um, and so, yes. Yeah, so they have the um, the the drawing session. They run away. They have the sex in the car, and then they get back up on deck. Where she gets murdered. The the light. Yeah, sorry. Yes, yes. it looks like she's getting murdered. What? I missed something. (laughs) Sorry. Yes, when when she slaps her hand against the window, steamy window, steamy window. It does look a bit like a murder. Iconic. Like if you'd made some stuff red, (laughs) Mm. like you know, if you'd changed the dye on it or something like that, it would have looked horrific. It Mm. it was a yeah murder shot really. Um, Jack. Oh, the rose as well in that. Yes, yes. The little the, there was a fresh rose in the car, which yeah. we, we realised someone was going to have to come down and change every day unless it was a fake rose. <laughs> it was but very fresh. It, it looked very fresh. Yes, but we um, worked out it was only five days into the Titanic that it sunk. Yes. So, oh, I mean, it should have wilted a lot more than it had. Yeah. And uh, evidently, from the steam that they them two were making, yeah, it was a quite a cold space. So the mm, rose true. probably may have been a little preserved. <laughs> Could we go as far as saying that? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially, potentially. <laughs> More preserved than the actual rose was. So. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and so um, Jack and Rose, we then had a theory, Jack and Rose caused the Titanic yes. to collide with the iceberg. Yes. Because yes, they, did. they run out on deck giggling and going, hee um, and that distracts the two sailors up <laughs> the and two the two cockney the two cockneys yes. in the crow nest who are like yeah. oh look at that oh core blimey I'm going to look at them alright let's look back oh no iceberg and it's right there it's literally like just, it's not like coming over the horizon or looking yeah. looming mm. 
like it's, looming in terms yeah. of there. It like you couldn't have missed it. Like mm. for the four seconds you decided to check out the people snogging, yeah. yeah. And it's just bang and yeah. iceberg. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dun, and dun. so they're like, quick, ring the bell. They try and get the ship to turn away. It doesn't quite turn away in time. It scrapes along the side, and so begins the exciting final uh, disc. hour and fifteen minutes. Yes. Yeah, and the second disc. The second disc. Easy, <laughs> Change disc now. Um, where mm. we see the sinking of the Titanic. Um, we see a lot of uh, Bernard Hill's Captain Smith just sort of vaguely wandering around. Never, do we see him actually captain? He didn't seem like a very good captain. No, I, I yeah. don't know if they painted him in a bad light purposely. Yeah, It, it or... did seem very almost like he was a competition winner. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he was retiring, so maybe he was just he just lost interest. But yeah. yeah, every time he was either like at the fancy dinner or singing leading <laughs> leading the hymns or um mm. just vaguely like prodding a lemon in his tea yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think you joked um Rihanna, that it's like he he looked like he like it wasn't meant to be there like it had dropped yeah, in somehow and he just can't the... get yeah. it out he's like they're like oh. they're like we've just crashed into an iceberg so and he's like mm, yes there's a lemon in my tea <laughs> yes. and then like cuts to another shot and you're like that was great captain Thanks. yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. there is that second in command um who kind of does most of the talking mm. um I don't think it's the, not the one that ends up shooting the guy, um, shooting Febreze. Mm. No, he didn't shoot Febreze. He shoots the other, the Irish guy. Yes, that's yes. right. But yeah, but the, basically everyone else on the ship has to kind of like, okay, Captain zonked out. Let, let's see <laughs> like, what we well, can yeah, do. Your managers, yeah. yeah, the manager's obviously not doing the right job. So yeah. everybody else below it has to kind of step up. Yeah. yeah. And Thomas Andrews, who was uh, played by Victor Garber, uh, the person that built the ship, is like, mm. uh, no, no, we, we, we are boned. Yeah, we, we are well and truly boned. <laughs> we need people to <laughs> get into the lifeboats. And so they obviously they start putting in the the women and children, but not letting the people up from the steerage section, uh, which we believe wasn't true. Um, That's that's an anachronism. We do start to get some uh, discrepancies. Like, for example, the guy that shot um, a couple of people and then himself. There was no evidence of anyone shooting people on the ship. In fact, I have a feeling from what I remember, I mean, this is stuff I read before I'd even watched Titanic, like Mm. 10 years ago, but... I believe the family of the person, like, because they name him, he's, you know, vice captain, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But his family was like, you know, they tried to sue James Cameron because he literally turned yeah. a real character who... A real person. Was quite real a person, hero, yeah, real yeah. character, real person, who was apparently quite heroic during mm. the sinking of the Titanic. They just turned him into a thing. So it's a little disappointing in a lot of ways that Cameron was happy to make the physical mm. everything so... A hundred percent exact. But then when it came to the people, it's like, nah, whatever. I did just have a thought. Remember, I can't remember if we said it in the intro, but we were saying that uh, the extras, there was about 150 extras. No, we haven't mentioned that yet. We haven't. So there was about 150 extras and they all played... The they, prob- they probably had a couple of characters though, didn't they? They had their aristocratic ones and then they had their poor ones. Yeah. So do you think that that was the choice to keep some of them down, uh, the poor ones like blocked off by the like brackets and what have you so that you weren't seeing everyone on the ship these you know 300 people or whatever because there actually mm. was only 150 people just a thought maybe i don't know maybe I'm maybe that was sure. cameron being like we don't have enough extras for this yeah. let's just lock them down I, there to be honest it, it strikes me as being more of a scripting uh yeah. issue and to be honest it's probably just to create uh some drama. additional drama because if yeah, it's just some hostility if, if it's just we walk around like it's a maze then yeah. it's just a maze yeah, yeah. and it, admittedly if everyone is uh, helping each other out um then Whilst that's kind of uh, maybe more true to life, it's also potentially not um, 
dramatic. Yeah, dramatically interesting. So mm. it's mm. yeah, it it it's a it it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a, an interesting one. Yeah, I suppose uh, in it that just respect. gives it something else. It does, yeah. and I think it's a bit more of a higher stake than you know a yeah. ship. <laughs> and I guess sinking. the idea of like the idea of human negligence sometimes makes, mm. ironically, it makes us feel better in a mm. lot of ways. That you know, if only. Well, especially with the Titanic, if only blah happened, we would have saved more people. If mm. only, you know, they'd filled up the boats from the beginning rather than letting people have some space. Yeah. We would have saved, you know, hundreds more. Yeah. Um, and the idea of just this gross human negligence of people who, you know, stay back, stay back. Yeah. Just while they're in a panic where mm. their brains kind of go. Yeah. Which, which yeah. people will do that. I'm yeah. sure people did get punched out and, mm. you know, fought and argued all the way through it. But... To add that, f- not fake level of drama, but to add an overly dramatic thing to what mm. has been quite true so far. Mm. And I suppose you can kind of, from that as well, you can kind of see why uh, with the lifeboat, some of them kind of left, you know, with 12 people on it. And in the actual movie, they're sort of, you know, they're raising the stakes that all these people are panicking and then there's water coming on the ship close. So they're like, oh, just send that one off, you know, like get yeah. those people out. So I suppose you can kind of imagine the panic in the air. Yeah, and and there would have been. We're never going to say that the Titanic wasn't panicked. Yeah, and people having to make those decisions to save people are just Mm. like, oh, just get those people out because they're already in the ship kind of Mm. thing. Uh, First Officer William McMaster Murdoch uh, Mm. is the character in question before. uh, And obviously his portrayal as a suicide and also uh, shooting um, a couple of characters, Tommy Ryan and an unnamed passenger. Um... And, and then, of course, his suicide. Uh, it was his nephew, uh, Scott, who, when he saw the film, objected to the portrayal of his uncle. Right. Uh, and studio executives later flew to Murdoch's hometown to issue an apology for okay. uh, the depiction. So, so he, maybe he didn't get sued, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he was, he was, it, it potentially could have gotten quite nasty. So, you know, and then that, that's the tricky thing with, you know, when you have poetic license with historical events. Yeah. Ob- obviously, if, if it's recent enough that it's within living memory, and at the time mm. this film came out, that, that was the year, I think, the last survivor of the Titanic died. Mm. Um, oh, right, that, that very year. Yeah, so, wow. you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it is very much just about within living memory. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at the very least, you've got relatives and you've got people whose parents or grandparents went on that boat and never yeah. came back. Um, I think it is something that maybe you have to give it more consideration than you would say, for example, you're doing a film about Pompeii and mm. you yeah. you made one of the characters at Pompeii a bit of a dick. Um, <laughs> it's it's that far back in the past that it's yeah. it's it, no one really has that personal connection. Yeah. So yeah, it it it's it's a tricky thing, but um, ultimately we we see the boat. Uh, sink and I, I do have to say the sinking of the Titanic the way it is done the mm. way it splits mm. and crashes and submerges is excellently put yeah. together and even the time between during the, the I guess not the calm before the storm but when everything's going on you've got you know people you've got the plot kind of still moving forward with our much more made believe characters of Lovejoy and yeah. um, Billy Zane, mm. and, and yeah, we, I mean, we, we Jack is uh, handcuffed uh, yes. to the um, to the piping, at which one has point. that awesome scene with David Warner where he's got the bullets and he keeps putting them on the desk and they keep rolling towards him and he just picks them up. He just doesn't care. Yeah, very much so. Um, mm. Which is which is quite nice in a slightly psychotic kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know we see them interacting. We see uh, Rose fighting to keep Jack alive. We see Jack obviously fighting to keep Rose, Rose alive, alive in various ways, and it ultimately ends with uh, the ship sinking, 
load of people in the water who couldn't get to lifeboats and uh, they find a bit of driftwood which uh, they put um, rows on and this this is obviously the thing which has caused I think some the film <laughs> it's some been 20 years some longevity yeah it. yeah people are still going there was room for Jack was yeah. there maybe <laughs> you know uh, would it have supported two people I don't know maybe what if they used one of their life jackets as a buoyancy device underneath mm. the wood that's a possibility uh, we know the Mythbusters have looked at this with yes. a countless articles <laughs> I think James Cameron was in that episode with them as well mm. so, yeah um, I have a feeling they had almost a vested interest to say oh, yeah that no, wouldn't have worked mm. but but ultimately we get to a situation where jack sacrifices himself mm. to save rose and yeah. you know it, it's it's sort of when when the film was originally pitched as romeo and juliet on board on the titanic <laughs> yeah um it was always going to have to be that you needed that tragic element to it yeah, yeah, yeah. for it to be one or both yeah, for it to be yeah. truly memorable, I guess. Because I, it had had it been they both sat on the driftwood and then uh, Captain, what's his name? Captain Fantastic? Uh, you and... Oh, Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible. No, no, Mr. Incredible. Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Mr. Incredible. Mr. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Um, Griffith from um, Hornblower appears uh, mm. uh, very young. He's one of the uh, the uh, lifeguard um, people, people on the on the lifeboats. Yeah, who, he's actually the, the guy who takes the lifeboat back to look for survivors and ultimately yeah. rescues uh, Rose. Um but yeah, ultimately you need that sacrifice because if it was just Jack and Rose and they get rescued and they go live in New York happily ever after, yeah. uh, it's nice. But yeah. I, I don't think I don't think Titanic is as memorable a film if that happens because no, because it becomes a well. That's kind of the problem with like dramatic romantic yeah. things is that it has to happen otherwise it's essentially just when Harry met Sally. Yeah, mm. it's like, when Harry met Sally, but in a, a disaster. Boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so as to Romeo yeah. and Juliet mm. on and I a boat with the with the actual massive scale tragedy of the mm. life event yeah you know the odds are you know there probably was couples like that that you know one mm. didn't quite survive well there the was did. yeah exactly yeah. there definitely would have been yeah i, I mean think. well a lot a lot we see uh when rose is on the boat with the survivors and we see these women because it was mostly the women and children yeah and we see a couple of women pleading to people the next day saying uh, please check again my husband's name is this and they're going sorry madam but these are all the names that we've yeah, got, all we've yeah. got so. and so i i suppose it became important to show Jack and Rose as as a microcosm of yes. of that yeah. tragedy because well it was a very small percentage of people who survived yeah. so it would have definitely been a lot more like that mm. um, going back to the Jack's sacrifice yeah that's another kind of I don't want to say a Mary Sue moment but while it's all sinking and while it's all going on I don't want to disparage Leonardo DiCaprio's acting but mm. it felt like he was doing well. Throughout all of it, like they he, go, he, yeah. they, he's fight, fight, fight. You know, everything's going yeah. good um, up until the point where even he puts her on the blank. He's like, "Cool, there, there we go, there we go. Okay, this is all good. This is all good." Mm. Then it cuts away to Kathy Bates, um, Molly Brown talking, um, trying to convince people to go back, and everyone's like, "Oh no, we shouldn't go back." Mm. Then it cuts back to him, and he's not really well. Yeah. Like <laughs> there is literally this weird kind of drop. While mm. I felt like with Kate Winslet. It was, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like you felt like she was getting to where it was. While mm. with Jack, it was basically... He was kind of keeping his cool the was whole time. Yeah. yeah. Until and then, he and got then too kept cool. too much Yeah, cool. until he got too cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, well, and it felt like more like that was a cliff he dropped off rather mm. than being yeah. like, you know, he did not yeah. cool down in terms of, well, you know, drop slowly. Yeah, it, it was more of a it, it, cliff. It, it, he had moments of panic, but it never felt like he was distressed. Yeah. Um, no, and he, especially he didn't even feel distressed while he was sitting waiting in the cold water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, until they cut back and they'd 
and he died. Put icicles essentially, in his head, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I'll, 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 we saw distress in all the other characters, and so even Billy Zane when he's like he he grabs a random child to like get himself onto yes. a lifeboat. Yeah. He, oh, that was so good. <laughs> it was great. He is just scrambling for any way to survive. Um, similarly, um, Molly Brown, we see her distressed, but for very different reasons yeah. on the lifeboat, going. We need to go back. Like even those who are your husbands back yeah, there. Like... E- even Ruth, uh, Rose's mum. Oh, yes. We yeah. see her very clearly distressed because her daughter chose to stay on a literal shink- sinking <laughs> ship. <laughs> Rather than be with her. Yeah. And obviously never gets to see her again. Yeah, no, that was something else I didn't realise until mm. later is that Rose essentially... Well, she just cut ties, didn't she? She cut ties. Yeah. Which, you know, don't know how she did all the extra things after that, like that montage without any money. But I think, did she, she model or something? I think was there like she photo, said something about was actress. There photos yeah. and she was like, I was an actress for a while. Yeah, no, somebody, yeah. Um, the, the Watchmen guy on the... Oh yeah, the guy who's wearing the Watchmen t-shirt. On Bill Paxton's boat. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was in it too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a guy with a Watchmen shirt, which yeah. was, you know... An interesting reference. Interesting choice because you, you sit there there going, oh yeah, that's right. Like Watchmen was nowhere near as popular back yeah. then. Mm. But he says, oh, she's an actress. She's probably making it up. Yeah. So obviously she yeah. was. Well, she even says, because she shows photos, I think. Yeah. yeah. And she says about and, that. You know, she's a, a you know a reasonably um, intelligent and uh, good-looking 16-year-old uh, foreigner in New yeah. York City. She's bound to get an acting career. Well, no, she's American, isn't she? Um, I believe she was English. Was, I think was, she was American. She was English American, yeah. yeah okay, well, w- one way or the other, she obviously thrived because oh, okay. she got to 100 and was still able to do pottery. So, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's pretty darn good going. And then, of course, uh, the story finishes and they're all going, but where was the, the heart of the ocean? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And so they're all going, <laughs> well, we've had a heartwarming story, but no diamond. And then, of course, <laughs> yeah. it finishes a uh, little old lady out on the boat Dangerly. by herself. Oh, just, man, yeah. Yeah, with, with the... She secretly had it and throws it back into the ocean. Like, Doesn't oh. she say whoops? Yeah, she, she kind of goes, goes. She goes whoops. Yeah, yeah she whoops. Goes, whoops. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was saying, I just really wanted to imagine that um, Bill Paxton and his team eventually found it, but while they were coming up, just yeah. dong on the top, like, <laughs> yeah, like, hang what on. was that? And then yeah. they look, and it's like, hey, um, I guess we found it. Yeah, where was it? <laughs> um, it was above us. Yeah. Sir. I just love that, like, she just the savageness of it. Like, oh, she's it had it horrible. the whole time. Yeah. She could have quite happily sold it as well for, like, mm. millions I, I of dollars. That would have been the first thing I would have actually done. Yeah, like, but instead she's just like, no, I'm going to keep hold of it until I go back to the site mm. and then drop it in well, there. Well, that's the thing about it. Like, I, the the jewel of the ocean. Yeah. That, like, it sounded like it had some real significant mm. importance to like when I always knew about the jewel of the ocean, I assumed it was something about their relationship that was wrapped up in this jewel, but there isn't. Mm. That jewel literally only shows nothing more than, I guess, her relationship to the Billy Zane character. Mm. Like, really, she it... should have just gotten rid of it as soon as she got off. Well, yeah, I it's... suppose that because it was Billy Zane's and she yeah. hated him. So, exactly. Like, mm. it brought more, it more brought Leonardo's death than it brought any sort of loving mm. it's not a loving keepsake it's yeah. the thing that basically got him put down to the bottom of the thing and then basically led to everything else going to hell like there's no if i was her like you know oh yeah here it is just take it i really don't care about it it was well, maybe she wanted to you know have it so that it didn't affect anyone else's life you know so or, she or, thought once they've actually finished searching for it 
this is a safe place just to put it back where it belongs. Mm. No one's going to look for it again. Yeah, or but, maybe she just kept it out of spite towards <laughs> Cal, <laughs> towards Billy Zane's character, yeah, going, yeah. "Yeah, you want this? I'm going to keep hold of it, even though you've been dead for like there was seventy years." Definitely <laughs> that bit when on the ship afterwards, whatever they were rescued on, when he comes down to steerage for a bit, yeah, and looks around mm. and then goes back up. You really like she was definitely keeping it to. Spite him. Yeah. 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 And fair enough, because, you know, what a twat. Yes. Yes. Say. yes. Um, it's twat so, haircut. Indeed. So uh, the IMDb trivia troll was. Oh, yeah. uh, Here we go. There was a fair bit. So I've picked, mm. I've picked out a few highlights. Okay. Um, and by highlights, I mean notable things, because obviously it's a tragedy, and I've just realized the first one is slightly tragic. Um, <laughs> the elderly couple seen oh, hugging yeah. on the bed uh, while the water floods into their room were the owners of Macy's department store in New York, Ida and I- Isidore Strauss. Uh, both of whom actually died on the Titanic in real life. Mm. Um, Ida was offered a seat on a lifeboat, but refused so that she could stay with her husband, saying, as we have lived together, so we shall die together. Mm. Um, There was a scene that was cut from the final version where um, we see Ida um, essentially refusing her place on the boat to be with her husband, but they did keep in that shot of the two of them. Um, And again, you know, lots of of real stories. We we had quite a few, uh, as we've already mentioned, uh, Mm. real-life people depicted in this. And again, it was just little touches like that, little things which I think do add to layers to this film and do make it a significant film. And in that one shot, you can can see so much, and it's just two actors on a bed. Yeah, Yeah, and the band, is the band playing? The band well. playing's real. Yeah. No, 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 but the band, I'm pretty sure the band plays and then... Oh, over the top of that. But when they're playing, I think it cuts, I'm probably wrong, but I felt like it cut from the band playing and, you know, the music stayed, they left and it cut down to the couple. I believe it did, yes. Yeah, which brings you to the, um, that other interesting point that you made last time. Um, yes, uh, to do with uh, music. music. Uh, originally, one of the ideas for this film was for it to have uh, no uh, music beyond what was existed in the real world. Yeah. So obviously you, you would have still had the band playing and the singing and all that, but uh, My Heart Will Go On was originally not going to be in it. There, there, there was talk of trying to do it without that. Very, uh, you know, Coen Brothers style. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's silent, 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 which... Almost kind of explains why there's, I wouldn't say so many bands, but why there is a mm. lot of points where it's like, aha, check out the band, like yeah. down in steerage or in all the fancy scenes and stuff yeah. like that. There's always people playing and, you know, at the end of it as well. It was probably almost shot because, you know, we've got to put as many bands in to get some music in. Right, yeah. And that's it. You can't, like, looking back at it, you can't really imagine it without that kind of like music over the top that yeah. wasn't supposed to be there. It, it, I feel like if there wasn't music, it might just look like really corny acting. It might have been because there'll like, be this yeah. silence in the air, and mm. you're like, "That's nice." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like these, it's it goes from like you know two people staring at each other. Yeah. But two people staring at each other with the, that flute and yeah. the, my heart will go on suddenly. Mm. You know, punches and, you. A and bit to say more. the movie is like three hours or so as well. Can you imagine that with no? Music, I no. feel like music really brings things, you know, well, a longer bit. Yeah, the emotional cues yeah. for everyone, you know. Mm. You don't like this person because we're playing. And, yeah. You know, a a discordant tone. Yeah, yeah. discordant tone. <laughs> um, so James Cameron was pretty adamant originally. Uh, the composer, James Horner, secretly arranged um, with uh, a lyricist, Will Jennings, and Celine Dion to write My Heart Will Go On, did a demo tape, presented it to Cameron, and he really liked it, so he went. Good on you, we'll, we'll put it in the <laughs> we'll put it in the closing credits, and of course, it goes on to win an Academy Award for Best yeah. Original Song. And, uh, it would have spent ages on top of the charts, especially in Australia. Oh, yeah. now, I, I got the single for Christmas as a child. So. Really? Mm. Interestingly, 
Celine Dion didn't want to sing it originally um, because she didn't want to sing another film song and didn't like it originally when it was first played to her by James Horner. Um, <laughs> that was part- it is a cheesy song. But it's like it her was, most famous song, it is. though. It was, mm. it was partly because she didn't really like the way it sounded, but it was because obviously in the, the original demo, it's James Horner singing it. Uh, um, well, there you go. She was convinced to by her husband, uh, René Angelil, um, and she did it in one take. Oh. Once again, yeah. good on you, Celine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So <laughs> Five it, stars for Celine. So, yeah, good good work all around there. And it, <laughs> it, it, it is, it is you know, regardless of, of what people think about the film, it is a pretty memorable uh, mm. song. And it, it, I, I, it was in my head for a couple of days after watching this film. Yeah. I, I just occasionally be going... Do 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 just that bit. Um, yeah, it's it's got a good hook um, and did really well. Um, Paramount had to send out replacement reels to theaters because they kept getting worn out because it was being watched so many times. Oh, wow! Because oh. well, because it was it was in the cinemas for almost half a year. Uh, it was yeah, number right. one at the box office. It was office. yeah. That's one of the reasons it made so um, much money. Yeah, over two billion dollars, which um, is a mental amount of money. Only. Mm. Two other films have now done that. Um, the other one being Avatar. Yeah. And The Force Awakens. Mm. Right. So the first one without James Cameron's Yeah, involved. yeah. Basically, <laughs> for a while there, the joke was that nobody's ever made a film that's grossed $2 billion except for one guy, and he did it twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the scene where the water comes crashing into the grand staircase room, mm. the filmmakers only had one shot to do it because obviously oh, it's it's yeah. a practical effect and everything yeah. was destroyed and it was wow it is such a good practical effect mm. a lot of well it, it worked yeah it did i think this was just as things looked good for yeah. practical effects and it's kind of it's dying days in a lot of ways this kind of thing like i mean before it, digital yeah. really took over yeah for better well for worse for a little while and now we're getting to the for mm. better where we can't even tell um, a lot of practical effects I mean there's still a lot of practical effects work that still happens I mean mm. you look at something like The Force Awakens which you just mentioned there's yes. a lot of practical effects in that lot, yeah. uh, and it's a good blend of practical with the digital which I, is the best look these days I, I agree yeah I think it's I think it's a, a good idea but yeah it was a fantastic uh, looking shot mm. uh, the hand scene sketching rows are not Leonardo DiCaprio's but James Cameron's yeah. yes. he's a very good uh, drawer very good uh, and and in post-production, uh, Cameron um, did, obviously did the drawings, but he he's left-handed, so they had imposed. Yeah, they had to flip it. They had to flip <laughs> it to make it look like uh, Leo, who was right-handed. Um, but yeah, was, did they have to like have Kate? Um, Kate they probably flipped it? Kate, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I was going to say, did <laughs> yeah. she have to lay on her? Which which side was she laying? She was laying on her right, so did she have to lay on her left? I'm honestly not probably. sure. I think I think to be honest, it's just the the close ups the way they did it. Um, oh okay. Yeah, I think to be honest, he's um, he. Oh, I don't know actually. Well, because no, he sketched as if she was lying on her right. Yeah. Like, yeah well, that's what how it was shown in the film. But if he's left handed, they'd yeah. have to sketch it with it on on the left. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. He, he, <laughs> doesn't matter. All, all I we know is there. he's very good at drawing. Yes. Um, the oldest of us were 10 when that film was made. Yes. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was a cool thing. Um, the scene in which Rose meets Jack uh, to thank him for saving her life was improvised by the two actors uh, at Cameron's request. And the spitting scene is also mostly ad-libbed, ah. which may be why the dialogue isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, and um, Cameron also credits Craig Winslet with coming up with the line, this is where we first met, when they're on the back of the boat. Wow. Uh, oh. When it's sinking. So, uh, yeah, some, some really Which great Which is what stuff. I first thought when mm. I saw it. I'm like, oh, this is where they first met. Yeah. yeah. Um, when Billy Zane gets uh, spat at with that sort of like, that mix of like petroleum jelly and oh, whatever yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, right in the eye. Yeah. yeah. Um, his reaction is genuine. He didn't know they were going to spit at him. <gasps> Well, also the bit where he flips out. Yeah, yeah. there's a couple of bits where they don't know what's going to happen to get genuine shock reactions. So when he flips the table, Kate Winslet didn't know the flip was coming because... Mm. Which I think is a bit of a jerk move on Cameron's behalf. Yeah, I hate directors who do that. Mm. Who, like, deliberately bully or or pick on or Mm. do horrible things to actors just for the sake of art. It's like, no, you're a dick. Especially Mm. with something that is that... You know, he's in her face. Like, he's really shocking her. and like... Like, she could have easily just turned around and punched him. Yeah, like Funny you know, if, 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 yeah, yeah, like she could have literally thought, "Oh, Billy Zane's gone mental here," and like I have <laughs> yeah. to defend myself. Yeah. But Billy Zane's fantastic. Mm. So it was a common problem on the Zoolander set. Billy Zane's gone mental. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you re- talk to your friend, whatever else in Wilson's character's name was. Uh, uh, Hans. Hans. Yes. Hans. Hey, Billy Zane, calm down, man. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Reportedly, wow. Uh, James Cameron spoke to and personally provided each of his extras with their names and the backstories mm. of actual Titanic passengers, which we yeah. touched on before. Yeah. And I think there is some great extra business happening oh, yeah. throughout this Stephen film. Stephen and I actually started spotting our yeah. favourite actors in the mm. background. There yes. was one who was a rich guy. They kept... He was always kind of in the background. He kind of had a bit of a Che Guevara kind of beard as well. Yeah. Um, like this fuzzy white thing. And mm. he was kind of tall and a bit portly. And you found a guy with a moustache that you kept pointing He looked out. like the Monopoly guy. And he was yeah, great. he looked like the Monopoly man. <laughs> yeah. Was he the guy who, who dressed for when he died? Uh, no, that was a different that guy. Was, that was Guggenheim. That was the name of the um, or the actual person. Mm. Who did oh, do but that. yes, yeah. no, that wasn't um, Monopoly Man. Monopoly Man was just in the background of shots. Going, <laughs> yeah, ah. he was shook. <laughs> um, at two hundred million dollars, the film cost more than the actual Titanic itself uh, to construct <laughs> uh, the ship in nineteen ten to nineteen twelve. It was one point five million dollars, which is the equivalent to uh, sorry, one point five million pounds, which was the equivalent of seven and a half million dollars at the time, and in modern day or nineteen ninety seven money. 120 to 150 million. So the film cost at least 50 million dollars more than yeah. the actual boat. It's not as much as I thought. I yeah. wonder if the actual Titanic made more money from tickets and things mm. than probably not. No, than the, the actual grossing of the film. Well, oh hell no, not yeah. with two, not 2 billion dollars in today's yeah. money. It, yeah. it also only had one unsuccessful trip, yeah. so you know. Yes. <laughs> and they they showed Titanic multiple times as yeah. we heard by the real wearing mm. out. But I'm thinking like the actual like upper class tickets probably were quite pricey mm. to make up yeah. for the actual building of the well, ship. I mean it's they don't, you don't, like, you know, make all your money back on the first trip. True, yeah. They probably times. thought, oh, we'll do it like 10 times and then we'll is, get a profit. The Titanic does have a sister, um, sister ship. Yeah. The Britannica. Um, the Britannica, yeah. Or the Britannia. Uh, the, the, yeah, Britannica, yeah, Britannica's Britannia. the encyclopedia. Yeah, and there's also <laughs> the Olympic. Oh, was it the Olympic or the Britannia? Yeah, it was the Britannic. I, I believe there were, there were two sister ships because yeah, one, the... of, one of them also sank, and I believe that oh, was the no. Britannia. The Britannia. Is that the one that Kathy Bates was on as well? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I don't think so, no. I think this one was uh, sunk in the war. Oh, um, right. I think it was being used to, uh, in the First World War, it was being used as a supply vessel and oh. was sunk uh, as well, uh, although a lot less people died on that one. Yeah. Oh, um, when James Cameron was writing the film, he intended for the main characters, Rose and Jack, to be entirely fictitious. When he finished the script, he discovered that there had been a real Jay Dawson who was on the ship and had uh, died. Oh, wow. 
This Jay Dawson was uh, Joseph Dawson, yeah. um, who was from Ireland. His body was salvaged and is buried in uh, Nova Scotia, along with lots of the other victims of the Titanic. Mm-hmm. His gravestone, number 227, for those interested, is the most widely visited in the cemetery. Oh, because they see Jay oh, Dawson. because they see yeah. Jay Dawson. Yeah. Or Joseph Dawson. Well, Joseph sometimes is Jack. Mm. But yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, j- that's that's kind of a... You know, obviously, extremely bittersweet uh, for for oh, yeah. Joseph himself, but it, it's kind of a nice thing where you've got this. You know, you've got people that really had a connection with these characters, yeah. Um, and you know, not many films achieve that where they have this level of connection where mm. where this sort of thing's happening. Yeah, yeah. There's not twenty years on as well. I bet no. there's still probably people visiting visiting that Jay Dawson yeah yeah we'd be like you know in terms of famous probably you know where there are real life mm. graves like this it'd be like that and Saving Private Ryan mm. yeah as well um, so a couple of actors that could have played oh yes um, Jack <laughs> um, the the actors that could have played um, Rose there, there was literally about 50 names so mm. I've just skipped that wow. one completely <laughs> basically if you were an actress in the 90s you were considered yeah. <laughs> we, we were you talking because when I first saw um, Rose's mum, mm. I thought that was Alex Kingston from Doctor Who. Oh, uh, yeah, no, but yes. she was apparently considered for. Um, uh, no, the other way around. Kate no. Winslet was. Uh, the, oh yes, yes, right. Kate Winslet was meant to be River Song. Yes. Yeah. Um, the the uh, Russell T Davis who uh, revived Doctor Who is a massive Titanic fan. That's why Rose Tyler and Captain Jack are called Rose and Jack. Ah. Um, because he, in, they're in the first season within like yeah, twenty right. minutes. He's like just got to put that one in. Yeah, he's like getting that in. Um, There's nobody called Cal. No, Spicer. maybe with good reason. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, when when uh, the character of the song was being introduced, one of the actresses that was linked to it was Kate Winslet. But obviously, she didn't play the part because that's Alex Kingston who plays it. Um, one of the actors that stu- the, the, the studio really wanted to play Jack was Matthew McConaughey. Mm. See, I Mr. can't see yeah. it. Like, yeah, we, we heard this one five days ago, so we've had time to process. <laughs> and like, actually, it's funny since then. Not by like searching for it myself, but like, you know, like when you're just kind of scrolling through, you know, your mm. Facebook feeds or what have you. Uh, young Matthew McConaughey actually came up on my feed and he actually had the blonde Leo hair. So oh, I can yeah, kind of see. Sleep back. Yeah, no, like the, the not in the film, the, you know, like the love heart kind of thing. The oh, bangs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the bangs. The, floppy, the curtains. Yeah. So I found that quite interesting because I was yeah. like, hang on, I was just talking about you. <laughs> yeah, and because we all kind of imagine with slick back, curly hair, like yeah. Wolf of Wall Street or... Yeah. Um, it's like Interstellar. down south accent as yeah. well. Like, exactly, because, yeah. I mean, Leonardo, I don't know where he's from, but he sounds New York, mm. Eastern States, which might make a bit more sense for the Titanic because that's mm. where it's going. Yeah. Mm. And for someone from down south to get to Paris and... <laughs> Venice and wherever else he was, mm. yeah, and then to come back, it's a bit harder to believe. I, mean, I, I, I think I think out. Matthew would have made it work though. I he, think I yeah, think he's, he he's got he's got a really charming affability that I think yeah. people would have accepted. Charming it, level of craziness. Yeah, in in the same way that I think Leo uh, made that character, I guess, a lot more um, stern. Yes, yeah, stern, which is funny because they're on a boat. Um, <laughs> some of the other actors that were considered, um, and you have to remember, this is twenty years ago. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Mm. wouldn't have worked in my opinion yeah well he would have been about 30 I think I can see that more than Matthew though but that's my personal opinion Uh, (laughs) Ethan Hawke oh yeah I can see that one Brad Pitt yeah Yeah. and my favourite Macaulay Culkin (laughs) 
Oh, oh wow. <laughs> was he a child? Uh, I think by that point he would have been a, he would have actually probably been the character's age. He yeah, would have been a teenager. Because right. yeah. originally, originally when first doing the film, first coming up with the concept, James Cameron wanted River Phoenix. But by the time they got to making it, River had been dead a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. Well, you see River Phoenix in, um, oh, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, mm. he r- really does like maybe it is just the slick back hair, yeah. but he does look a lot like like you could almost imagine him mm. doing. Yeah. He's basically mixture of Joaquin Phoenix and Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. in yeah. terms of and um, you know Macaulay Culkin is of that generation. It's just everyone remembers him as being the home the alone child, kid. Yeah. And so, then either they the child him worse. or yeah, the really mm. like cracked up like yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the not great looking yeah. but in the middle he could have been pretty he could, good yeah he could Maybe. have been uh, a couple of say. actors that m- could have played Cal Hockley instead of Billy Zane um, no. no one no no one <laughs> okay. the Phantom okay well uh, one of James Cameron's regular actors Michael uh, Bayon was considered um, yeah. Pierce Brosnan oh wow I think that, that would have been good. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan would have been good he can play yeah. weird well uh, Rupert Everett uh, yeah. Um, Jason Isaacs, <laughs> which is just the most Jason Isaacs it's role kind of thing that he's do. never played. Yeah, he he wouldn't have appeared. Well, he's a yeah, crazy. That would have been interesting. I think he'd have been great. Oh yeah, he would have been great. Um, Rob Lowe. Oh. oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he's too much of a nice guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure Billy Zane's good nice. guy, Rob Lowe. Yeah. Um, and finally, Matthew McConaughey oh. was also considered for that. No, that would have been better. Mm. He is much yeah. more. Of, he's more of a cow. Okay, than yeah, he is I'll a, accept that. Yeah, Jack, but still Billy Zane. And yeah. uh, <laughs> the role of Captain Smith was not originally offered to Bernard Hill. It was offered to Robert De Niro. Mm. Wow. He turned it down. Well, De Niro would have had to do a British accent. Yeah, he had to turn it down because he had a gastrointestinal infection at the time, oh, and basically Rob. Was, was was too poorly. I oh. mean. Um, but yeah, I think Robert De Niro could have looked bewildered and wandered around. I think it would have been. I feel like we probably would I feel have like I've, I've seen a few films of his in that kind of bad two thousands period yeah. Yeah. before Stardust, where Meet the I parents. think it was like he was kind of just wandering around in pain a bit. Yeah. So yeah, we we could. Um, I think it would be interesting to. It could have been have interesting. Have different characters. But yeah. Bernard Hill was was very good. I thought. Yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah. I thought you were going to say someone like Ian McKellen. No, that's not on this list. Yeah. It would have been a waste of Ian McKellen, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. We probably would have been like, nah, he's got it under control. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's okay. No. Yes. I will <laughs> the will ship's this not going to sink. To itself. <laughs> well, this is before even, well, well before Lord of the Rings. And even X-Men. Before yeah. X-Men. I think he'd only done like that version of Richard III with yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He'd only been one of the greatest Shakespearean actors of the 20th century. <laughs> yeah, but he, would, he, but he had no film else. career. Yeah. Yeah. He had no filmography. Yes. Only the starboard side of the exterior set was complete. So in the scenes portraying the ship at the Southampton docks, all the shots were reversed to give the <laughs> appearance of the port side. So did everyone, was everyone all suddenly waving with their left? This required the painstaking construction <laughs> of reversed costumes and signage to complete the illusion. Oh, so wow. that they could then flip the shot. As one cast member said, I wasn't dyslexic before, but I am now. LAUGHTER <laughs> Um, And the final thing I want to finish on, um, in 2012, Entertainment Weekly reported that when the movie was re-released in 3D, James Cameron didn't update any effects or fix any errors barring one. 
Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson first saw the film in its original theatrical release, and oh, he noticed yeah. that the configuration of stars in the night sky when roses in the water oh. bore no resemblance to what the sky should have looked like. And oh, in wow. fact, um, there were lots of incorrect uh, stars in, in other films, which he points out. Yeah. He wrote a letter to Cameron explaining the error, and then several years later, when he met him in person, repeated his complaint. Um, <laughs> and eventually... A post-production technician working on the re-release called up uh, Dr. Tyson and asked him to provide a picture of what the sky should have looked like. <laughs> and Tyson's image was used to fix the shot. <laughs> wow. So, as soon as you said that, just I imagine he drew shot. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. he just drew what the sky should have looked like. So it's just these, like, stars drawn yeah. by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Or there's, like, grid some... sheet. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> on a napkin, because he yeah. called him. Mm-hmm. Uh, very pernickety there. Yeah. And actually, one final, final thing that I Ooh, really yeah. want to touch on. It's a short one. As a joke in the edit suite, James Cameron had a razor blade with the label... Uh, use only if movie doesn't work. <laughs> oh, oh Boy, wow. okay. I mean, he was under massive pressure. Like yeah. he, he, yeah. he thought his his career was potentially going to be over. Executives were trying to fire him off the project because I mean, it the the budget wasn't meant to be two hundred million dollars. Mm. It Just ballooned. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it went way over budget. He was he was under a lot of pressure. Um, and thankfully, uh, that. That just ended up being a, a rather sick uh, production and joke. It did it did well well save his career in a lot of ways? It's allowed him to kind of do what he wants. Mm. And, you know, he did Avatar, and I just looked up an interesting fact because this is one I like to quote about. One of the reasons Avatar did so well is um, you said how much was the original budget for Titanic before the blowout? One hundred fifty. It was about one hundred fifty. Yes. Yeah, that is just the marketing budget for Avatar. Wow. not considering the actual making of the mm. film. So all the posters and everything that you saw yeah. cost as much as Titanic did. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's in 2010 money, so you yeah. know, 15 yeah. years later. Um, comparable, the first Transformers film cost as much as the marketing budget for yeah. Avatar. So mm. like James Cameron has been very successful. Yeah. And as much as a lot of people, myself included, didn't like Avatar... It made him. He is now considered one of the greatest yeah. things, yeah, mm. greatest directors of all time, and mm. he has done great things. Yeah. Titanic is actually definitely one of them. Now that yeah. I know it, yeah. So uh, now that we have uh, finally, after five days, reached uh, the end of our voyage, uh, let's score the film. We'll start with you, Jason, as uh, the person who hadn't seen the film before. What score would you give Titanic out oh, of ten? I would give it. Um. Seven reversed street signs out of ten. Okay. Yeah, I think seven seven's a, a fair score. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's into good territory, and mm. that's yeah there. Indeed, uh, Rihanna. Uh, it's funny at the start of this recording before we turned mm. the mics on, I had actually said that I I think I might change my score you from said last you'd time. Probably drop. Yeah, but ah. just from like going over <laughs> it and having a bit of a refresh, I'm going to stick mm. with my original rating, uh, just because I find it to be like I don't know. It's a good film you can just pop on if you've got three hours to kill, mm. but it go, <laughs> it doesn't seem three hours. Uh, yeah, no, it really doesn't. Yeah. It, I mean, it's... especially when the action, when the, the sinking starts, mm. it picks up. Like, that first disc felt a lot longer than the second. Oh, yeah. Mm. And it was only longer by about half an hour. It's, mm. um, but yeah, there is, there is a real... It felt like an hour longer. Like, it was yeah. two hours to one. Mm. Mm. But, uh, so yes, Wait, so it was then, as my <laughs> original um, score, 
I'm giving it nine Celine Dion's out yeah. of ten. Mm. And uh, for myself, uh, I uh, wrote down a score uh, to to keep uh, on track of that. Yeah. Um, I I am going to stick to that score. Um, I I think it's it's a very good film. Um, mm. It's it's very well put together. I I do think it suffers a bit from maybe the some of the characters in the story away from the boat being mm. a bit paint by numbers and a bit not particularly interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But there is so much uh, attention and good work that's gone into this film. It's a lot more enjoyable than I remember it from my first viewing. Um, so for me, I would have to give it um, seven uh, vengeful dolphins out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to your point about how it's an, an immaculate thing with this mm. kind of paint by numbers story i mean i feel like i'm just beating up avatar at the end of this mm. <laughs> um maybe um but i mean avatar is the same it's this amazing world mm. that he's done with you know pocahontas in, yeah. the, in the front um just a very simple kind of plot going on mm. so i think that's maybe just what he does he's a better yeah. world builder maybe than he is a storyteller Potentially, although um, I mean I, I'm not sure who if if he was in charge of the screenplay for things like um, the Terminator films, but or True Lies, or True Lies, but they're they're very good, interesting stories by comparison, I guess. But mm. but this isn't really, I, I suppose, a, an in-depth character study. It's it's a romantic tragedy, yeah. and I think yeah. it does its job oh, extremely absolutely. well. And you know, it won eleven Oscars. Yeah, you know, it, it won best picture, best director, best cinematography. Best art direction slash set direction, mm. costume design, sound, film editing, effects for sound and visual, best music, original song, and uh, best dramatic score. So, you know, <laughs> it it's... did well. Yeah, it didn't do too shabbily. Yeah. And it made me cry. I remember yes. saying at the beginning mm. that. Um, where did it, you? Where do you think you cried in the film? It was. I, I didn't this time around. Mm. No, yeah, yeah. Grown up a bit. Um, <laughs> Got less empathy apparently, yeah. um, but it was when uh, Jack actually dies. I think, uh, or when that, she realizes he's yeah, been dead that, for a that while. That really tug on my little heartstrings and just mm. kind of yeah, that was it for me. Mm. So it gets that award. There we go. <laughs> well, uh, Rihanna and Jason, thank you very much for uh, reviewing this film again. No, thank again. you. This yeah. time, <laughs> this time uh, with with working microphones. So. <laughs> so, it sounds good. Yes. Uh, right. Thank you very much, uh, everyone, for listening to this. Uh, if you would like to listen to lots of other reviews of uh, different films, m- most of them not involving uh, boat tragedies, uh, then we can be found on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. We can also be found on Facebook. Again, the Cinema Catch-Up Club podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are regular posts there of new episodes and uh, lots of fun things. We also have a Patreon. Uh, if you want to become a uh, patron of the Cinema Catch-Up Club and get some extra bonus material, uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash podcast. That's patreon.com forward slash podcast. And for more information, you can visit thoughtjarproductions.com. Uh, but that is all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.